1: Uh, We had a lot of detections in the platform for fake Facebook login portals that always had a very similar structure to them.
0: That's Nick Ascoli. He's a founder and threat researcher at Fortrace. The research we're discussing today is titled Phishing Tactics, How a Threat Actor Stole 1 Million Credentials in 4 Months.
1: the only thing that would change between the different pages that were being ending up in our platform were the server loading the script the name of the server loading the script and a username associated with a stats tracking application that the adversary was using to monitor the traffic to their web pages so we we pretty quickly figured out that we were able to without needing to authenticate to the service use that username in the stats tracking application and view the traffic going to the web page as well, and also view the URLs they were spinning up. So originally, this came on our radar through users clicking links, phishing links, and uh, having them reported to our platform. But we ended up being able to sort of get ahead of the adversary by being able to watch them spin up links, whether they were reported to anyone or not.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, the, the the whole notion that I suppose they were doing this for their own convenience to be able to, you know, to track how they were doing, but really that sets you on the path.
1: Yeah, and they, and they are still using it to this day. So the attack continues <laughs> as we speak, and the same tool suites and the same code base are still in use and still seeing success on Facebook.
0: Well, let's walk through it together here. I mean, exactly what's going on. How would someone find themselves uh, falling prey to this?
1: So the the links originate in Facebook Messenger. So the adversary will successfully harvest someone's Facebook credentials, typically through someone logging in through one of their fake Facebook login portals. They will take those credentials. And based on the speed we've observed, it's very likely automated and, and well automated at this point where when a user enters their credentials in one of their fake login portals, they will automatically log into that individual's account, that that individual's Facebook account, and automatically through Facebook Messenger deliver whatever the latest link is in their infrastructure, whatever the latest link is that is hosting a fake Facebook login portal, and send it to all of the user's contacts in Facebook Messenger. So Hmm. that, that takes it from one user to potentially hundreds, potentially thousands, and using the graph protocol in Facebook's Messenger, they're able to have the, individ- the target recipient's name appear in the URL. So it makes it look a little bit more convincing to the end user. And it's usually a, a message that is relatively obviously scammy or spammy, like, you should see this video of you at the Christmas party or something with, a, uh, with their name embedded in the actual link. And then when a user clicks it, it says, it takes them to a fake uh, Facebook login page that says, in order to view this video, uh, you must log into Facebook first. So it's a relatively um, innocuous and to to a lay user, a pretty convincing sequence of events
0: right. It, it strikes me too, that if you get a message from a friend, a Facebook friend, and it says, Hey, have you seen this video? that may put you in a an emotional state of not wanting to be patient. is so, well, what video? what what could this be?' Uh, which may get your guard down. Exactly. Yeah, they yeah.
1: they are uh, intending to make it seem as urgent as possible, so that when when the URL loads, which sometimes if you load it via the mobile app, which we see most users doing, they won't actually see the URL, so they won't see that it's a fake. You know that the actual login portal is not owned by Facebook. Um, if you're on a desktop, you'll see it in the browser, but you know, to a user who has not gone through like phishing education they might not know the difference. They might think, assume it's some third-party web service that's using Facebook to authenticate you. So the they they demand some urgency in the links they send uh, in order to get you to do as little research on your end as possible before entering your credentials.
0: Yeah. So let's say I, I fall for it and I enter my credentials. What happens next?
1: So they will log into your account, presumably automatically, and spam that link out to as many contacts as they can find in Facebook Messenger. So it seems like most of the traffic we've observed as of late is focused in regions pretty consistently. So once the link ends up, most of the traffic is in the United States. I think that's where a a lot of Facebook's user base is, especially that uses Messenger. But once we see a link arrive in Argentina or Jamaica, for example, we'll then see it fly all over the country, like hundreds and hundreds of visitors, quickly into the tens of thousands of visitors from those countries the, the threat actor themselves is not targeting a particular geography. They're just targeting Facebook. They make more money from American users because the ad services that they redirect you to after you enter your credentials pay a little bit more for users coming from America. But typically we see it fly across countries very, very quickly once one person in a new geography gets the link. So there is no no regional focus. It's, it's relatively... Uh, predictable in its in its pattern once it arrives in a country you know it'll it'll be entering the messenger inboxes of tons of people in that country and proliferating naturally that way
0: well you you mentioned it briefly so after i put in my login credentials to the fake facebook website or the fake facebook login page then it it sends me to an ad page yeah so they have a
1: couple really interesting techniques that demonstrates some frightening but also you know on the threat actor side relatively interesting and, and somewhat impressive uh, trends. But what they do now is once you've entered your credentials on the page, they will redirect you several times through different different ad tracking services. So on the ad tracking services side, they're occasionally malvertising, they're occasionally legitimate advertising services. On the advertiser side, all they're seeing is someone who has signed up with their ad their web advertising service, is throwing tons of traffic their way. They think that's great. Um, you're cutting logs on their uh, on their advertisements. So the threat actor is getting paid. What it's actually doing though, is simply sending you through rows and rows and rows of refreshes. So it's, it's like just, you'll see the URL change. If you're doing this um, like forensically in a browser, you'll see it change so many times before eventually dropping you on either some scam page, asking you for more information, which is simply hosted by an advertiser, or to a legitimate website that they're getting, they were just in the the last tail in the redirect, and they are where you're you're ultimately landing. So you're never landing on a Facebook video. You're landing on some other website that the threat actor is collecting revenue from in exchange for referring people to that website.
0: And so they get paid uh, whatever, the fraction of a penny or who knows what, for merely having you quickly drive by.
1: Yeah, so what we put together was a researcher in 2021, when we originally picked this up, Mantis Sosnowskis with OWASP found that the threat actor had a Facebook page associated with the website they were using to host this code called Bender Crack Pro. They messaged Bender Crack Pro, the administrator of that Facebook page, and they asked how much money they were making. And the Bender Crack Pro administrator responded with, we make about $150 for every 1,000 visitors from the United States. So Based on the scale of the campaign, what we put together was each site, and they were spinning up rapidly. You know, in short, once Mantis put this research out at the end of 2021, we saw things slow down, um, and then when uh, Q1 and Q2 2022, things really sped up. Like the the threat actor got a lot more sophisticated in the automation, and the proliferation of the campaign was just organically explosive. And the the view count that we landed at was we were averaging before they changed. URLs on one particular landing page they would get around a million visitors and we located about 400 individual landing pages which we have no way of confirming if that's the entirety of the attack it, it seems like it's probably not it's more more likely than not a fraction of it but through the entire you know 1 million views on the 400 to 405 web pages we landed on that's about 400 million page views um, so far in the campaign most of that traffic being in 2022 which wow. if, you, if you apply the um, price they associated with the viewer to that number, it's it nets them somewhere around $60 million in just ad revenue. So we're not talking about things that threat actors also usually do with harvested credentials, which is reselling them or potentially marketing them on several different marketplaces for selling stolen credentials. But in ad revenue alone, if we use their figure, we're putting it at about $60 million. Now, is that realistic? Probably not, but based on the sheer volume of traffic, like we we pegged it at roughly 400 million page views, they are definitely making quite a bit of money simply through ad redirects.
0: Wow. Now, they've also got your Facebook credentials. Is, is Do we have any sense that they're bundling those up and selling those? So we haven't
1: seen the, the particular credentials harvested for sale on any forums that can be accessed easily. Now, whether they're a part of invite-only forums or some, you know, deeper marketplaces that are, are a little more difficult to access in the uh, practices of threat research, uh, we don't know. It's very, it seems unlikely that they're not doing something else with the credentials afterwards because Facebook credentials seem to only be increasing in value despite the sheer volume of them that exist in the wild. Um, because increasingly, businesses rely on Facebook for marketing, especially small businesses, and plenty of large and mid-sized companies rely on Facebook for marketing uh, and advertising. So the value of credentials, uh, depending on which credentials have been harvested, can be quite a bit. So the odds that they're not reselling them um, is low, but we haven't actually seen them reselling them in the wild. So they might be using, reusing them for internal things or they might not be reselling them at all, but it wouldn't be uh, consistent with the typical practices of, uh, of an internet fraudster.
0: Now, in terms of these fake landing pages, um, what is your sense of for how long they stay up before they have to cycle through a new one? Yeah, we we see them typically around for one to two days.
1: So hmm. they are in what what we presume to be an automated fashion, or at least in the speed that we've observed, is very likely automated. Uh, using legitimate web services, the ones we've seen in the wild are glitch.me, onepage.io is something they're using as of right now. SamCart, Amaze.co. So they use a lot of legitimate web services who are not blocking their activity at all. They're not blocking their accounts. They're not stopping them from using their web service to proliferate these attacks. So the the threat actor is uh, signing up for one of these services and then on a daily basis, spinning up new domains and sending them out. So the benefit to them is one, even if a URL does get burned or reported as phishing, they're creating new ones on a daily basis automatically anyway to proliferate the attack. And two, their use of these legitimate services makes it really difficult for Facebook or other social media networks to block them, because real businesses are using Glitch.me and OnePage.io and SamCart for legitimate business on these social networks. So the challenge for Facebook is if if they block that outright, the parent you know the the, the parent domain of uh, OnePage.io or SamCart.com, they're blocking a lot of legitimate business going on on their website mm-hmm. and in in Facebook Messenger. So the adversary is able to skirt detections by using these uh, legitimate web pages to host their malicious content, and we see them rotate through these different quick deploy web application services on a weekly to biweekly basis and spinning up new domains on a daily to bi-daily basis.
0: Is there anything that Facebook could be doing here to, to clamp down on the abuse of Messenger?
1: So Facebook does a lot. They have they have a threat intel team that is dedicated to solving problems like this. I think the recent use of legitimate platforms for these campaigns has been what's made it so challenging for them. So uh, what they can do probably better for the user is education. This is you know this is certainly a question of tooling, but is also a question of of education for the user. Someone who has gone through um, some kind of phishing exercise or training is probably not going to click these links. But given that we've seen hundreds of millions of people click these links, that does not account for, you know, an overwhelming majority of Facebook users. So whether it's flagging links as, you know, you might not want to click this, educating users better on what scams might look like in Facebook Messenger, or cooperating more with these uh, legitimate application service providers that are abused so frequently in Facebook, I think there are definitely things that can be done, but the use of legitimate web services presents a unique challenge to them that I'm sure has has been difficult to uh, to tackle.
0: And what about multi-factor authentication? I mean, that I suppose that would slow down the abuse of Messenger, but you're still going to find yourself redirected to all the ad sites, right?
1: Yep. The, the adversary will still make money, but they will not be able to use your account to proliferate the attack. So the use of multi-factor authentication will do damage to the adversary, to the life cycle of the adversary's attack. But it certainly won't stop them from making money.
0: Hmm. So what are your recommendations then? I mean, for folks to best protect themselves against this, you mentioned education. Uh, What else is in play here? I think
1: education for the users is obviously uh, number one here. Knowing how to recognize a fake link or a suspicious link or a typo squatted or lookalike domain is incredibly important. Uh, but tooling is also important. What we've seen in our testing of these domains is when we run them through you know, popular domain reputation scanning services, we're seeing these domains come back clean despite being active phishing infrastructure um, and being suspicious in several ways. So I think it is also on domain reputation analysis engines and tooling, which is supposed to be protecting users from visiting these links, which is failing uh, the user in these cases, to improve the quality um, and integrity of of their detections, of the whatever algorithmic functions they're using to determine the trustworthiness of a page. Um, Because in an overwhelming majority of reputation analysis engines, we're seeing these domains pass the test because their parent domain is trusted, um, their content does not look suspicious, um, and sometimes they're waiting several seconds to actually load the Facebook login portal and they're loading like some innocuous page first to skirt detection by um, traditional, you know, domain reputation or DNS blocking tools. So the problem is definitely multifaceted and a a combination of user education and improvements in tooling, both by Facebook and by uh, domain reputation analysis services.
0: Do we have any sense for who's behind this or, you know, what what part of the world they're coming from? We trace this particular adversary back to uh, Columbia,
1: Um, And we're cooperating with uh, the FBI and Interpol in their investigation into the activity, which, as I said, still continues today. It's still a very active campaign. And we were able to do quite a bit of attribution because in the adversaries' early days of this campaign, particularly the beginning of 2022 and the end of 2021, they were relatively lazy from an operational security perspective. So within Hmm. the code, there were several comments indicating what website was used to generate this code. Um, and by tracking down the owner of that particular website, which in this case, I mentioned earlier, BenderCrack Pro, this Facebook page, in the code on virtually all of these Facebook landing pages until about two weeks ago, uh, there was a line that said in Spanish, developed for BenderCrack.com. Now, when we looked in the Wayback Machine at BenderCrack.com, we saw an inventoried copy of the page, an archived copy of the page, which contained uh, the phone number of the administrator of the page. They said, sorry, we've been taken down uh, due to copyright complaints, but here's where you can uh, reach out to me. Uh, and using that phone number, we were able to connect it with several email addresses, uh, which were used for different scam campaigns online, and one which was associated uh, with an individual who we tracked down to be offering several different hacking services and operating several illicit businesses online, mostly related to Uh, social media hacking services. Operational security has improved recently. They've removed parts of code that can be attributed directly to them. But just shy of two years, their name was was almost directly associated with an overwhelming majority of the fake login portals that we found.
0: Hmm. I suppose it's worth mentioning too. I mean, it's I don't know, personally, it's hard to have a tremendous amount of uh, sympathy for the online advertisers, but they're they're falling victim here as well. They think their message is being put in front of people when it's really not. They are, yeah. And so are the legitimate
1: web application service providers. The advertisers are being duped by these adversaries and paying them out in large amounts. So the advertisers are are losing money because these advertisements aren't legitimately landing in front of a user. Only really one of them in the chain of redirects is but also the application service providers that the user, uh, the adversary is using to spin up these web pages are being abused. Their their trust with these other platforms are being abused. Um, And when you go into tools uh, like urlscan.io and run through some of these parent domains, you see so much uh, malicious activity associated with these quick web deploy Uh, Services, which are offering a legitimate service to uh, an overwhelming majority of the internet, but are being in no small way abused by malicious actors online.
0: Our thanks to Nick Ascoli from Fortrace for joining us. The research is titled Phishing Tactics, How a Threat Actor Stole One Million Credentials in Four Months. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure.